Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of The Altruistic Traveller. Today I'm talking with Trish and Pratik, who are both earth bag constructors and value education teachers working in Nepal. And today we're going to talk about the earth bag movement and how it's building strong houses in Nepal for the people that have lost their homes in the 2015 earthquake and who are really looking at a sustainable way uh, to build up their future. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Uh, thank you very much, Bianca. It is a pleasure. Let's talk about what is an earth bag. Before I came to Nepal, I had no idea what it was, and then I heard somebody speaking about it. Um, just try and explain to our listeners, what exactly is an earth bag? Earth bag is very similar to the rammed art technology. In fact, it's much stronger than the normal direct rammed art construction. Earth bag uses earth as the main construction material, earth which is found everywhere. So this earth, earth has to contain 70% sand, 30% clay and overall 10% moisture. So moisture can be added. This mud, this uh, composition of this mud is put in polypropylene bags and it is tempered. So when it dries, when it dries, it becomes as hard as stone. And uh, after it is compacted inside the polypropylene bags, uh, it is uh, placed layer-wise and on top of each earth bag layer, there is a barbed wire support, you know, four-pointed barbed wire, two layer, two lines of four-pointed barbed wires between each and every layer of the earth bag. From the midsection and the top section of the walls, vertical rebars are inserted, which makes it very strong and earthquake proof. So, and then the foundation of earth bags, earth bag houses are very different. It's, uh, the first foundation is of rubble trans foundation and rubble trans foundation is like, you can see in Indian countries like India, have you seen this, those railway lines, railway tracks? So they've got stones all underneath. Why? It's because the stones, they absorb the shock, you know. So it's like it's similar technology used in earth bag. So there's rubble trans foundation. And after that, there are two to three layers of gravel bag foundation. And then after that, the earth bag layers start. But the best part is it is tested and it is earthquake resistance. And that is the reason, the reason why Nepal government is approving it. And before the earthquake, there were earthquake houses, not in the city, in other villages. And they were not damaged, uh, not even touched by the earthquake. I mean, there was no problem at all. And are earth bags a cheaper way to build the homes than some of the materials that they've been using now? I've been to some of the villages and seen the damage that the earthquake has caused because they were really using materials that weren't very strong, such as concrete, bricks. First of all, is it cheaper to use earth bags? Is it more sustainable and is it stronger? Earth bag is cheaper compared to normal houses, concrete houses. It is really sustainable and it is much, much stronger. Strength is one of the key points here. It's very, very strong. I mean, when it comes to high seismic areas. And yes, also cheaper to concrete houses, also sustainable, also easy to make, also easy to carry the materials uh, in far off places. Now, it depends upon how you make the earth bag house. It can start from a very cheap rate uh, or it can go to an average rate. You know, it all depends upon what materials you use. Like for example, if we make a house which is very strong, we use vertical rebars. If you want to make cheaper houses, we don't need vertical rebars. We can, villagers can go out and cut woods and make vertical rebars out of woods. So it is only the labor cost. For us, cutting a piece of wood is a very hard work, but for the villagers, it's like a very small thing, you know, small task. They can just make it uh, in a small amount of time. 
And, I mean, it's been two years since the earthquake. Uh, I've seen many people that are still living in makeshift huts. What have been some of the main challenges to rebuild these people's homes? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, uh, challenges in a sense, the first thing is Nepal government has allotted 300,000 rupees for totally damaged houses, which is, again, when it comes to the government, you know, it's really hard to actually understand how they work. And it's only 50,000 rupees in maximum cases. 50,000 rupees has only been allotted as a relief fund. Now, with 300,000 rupees, 3 lakh rupees, it's not possible to make a house for a family. 50,000 rupees is uh, just... We can't think about it. 300,000 is about 400 Australian dollars. Because our people are there in trouble and they need help, you know, and we can't just like sit down and just wait for the government, you know, and expect them to do it, you know. So basically this was like our motivation because like we went to many villages and we did this earthbag project. So we found that the villagers, they were very motivated, you know, uh, and uh, they were very supportive. And they really had this hope, you know, and they really trusted us. So this inspired and motivated us to give them more, you know. So basically our main goal is uh, just to give them better, you know. Give them some earth bag training so perhaps they could build their houses more cheaper and faster. Definitely, you know, we are just not trying to build a home, but we are also trying to build their conscience and their mind, you know. Uh, if we can, like through this training center, if we can give the skills... Uh, later on, uh, like our vision is to provide this skill to the school children and everyone, you know, like who connects with us, you know. So later on this, uh, so this way the knowledge can be transferred and it can grow, you know. We want to create this foundation, you know. Uh, so that's why uh, we are working with all our heart. There was this villager who did not know about Urdbag, but after it was completed up to the bond beam level, I showed you the video, so he was amazed, he was saying, now we have the confidence that we can make the house ourselves. I mean, definitely, uh, if they don't have money, they won't be able to use uh, strong uh, materials. But they have the confidence. That's more, what's more important. They, and they said, I have the hope. I hope that in the future also, we have this earthbag technology, earthbag houses more in our villages because we look forward for safety as well as, as, well as it's sustainable. We are also thinking of going to villages, collecting a few... Uh, leaders from the villages, bringing them to the training center, train them here and send them back, all free of cost, because that's what we have a plan, you know. And coming to the vision, we really want it to be practical. We want to change entire Nepal, not just theoretically, not just planning, but we really want to put it into action. And we believe it, we can do it. So the third point I want to say is very important. We want to launch training center on earthquake reconstruction, technology here in Kathmandu in Nepal because this is the place where we get networks this is the place where we get manpower I mean intellectual manpower you know engineers you know, where we can inform them transform them and then we can send teams or necessary uh, manpowers to villages so we want and there is no such earth bag training centers here in Kathmandu and we want we don't want to open an earth bag training center uh, in small way we want to do it in a huge way we want to have free trainings for all the school children across Kathmandu and I think school students, the especially the senior, senior standard students, if they get to this training, it is then you can see uh, progress taking in such fast pace because students can transform society in a much uh, better way than the, the adults actually because they have got the power, the hidden power and we want to launch 
massive training of free training for all the school students. Also, those uh, you know, people, the other people from the society apart from the children, will also be invited for the training. Along with tourists, can also come here for crash courses, uh, get a demo. We we are planning for having a site where we will be constructing a seminar hall for the training. And uh, during that construction, the training will be on process, and we'll be having another part of the land where we'll be having demo sections, or like the foundations, the uh, ceiling level, you know, the door level, the bond beam level, the complete plastering level, roof level. So different different sections of uh, areas of the demo session we'll be having in the training center. And uh, the thing is, we want to have a demo village on Erdbeg, an Erdbeg village. We want to see that people get to see this Erdbeg village and get to know how to construct these durable earthquake, earthquake resistance uh, structures in, in their own villages. Uh, secondly, we want to work in uplifting the educational sector, which is very important. Like schools, schools are, schools are like temples to children, their homes, you know. Schools are from where they actually grow. There are many schools even now which are lacking classrooms. Which are, which are run in temporary makeshift places or in very pathetic conditions. I mean, if you see around Kathmandu, they might be in good conditions because it's accessible and people are helping them. But what about those schools in inaccessible areas, which is far off? People are not reaching out to them and they are really suffering. Education, what to talk about education? I mean, the place where to get education is not there, you know, and that's a big thing to think about. And it's, it's like children are the future of Nepal. So we have this plan of constructing classrooms and schools in a very in a way which we can do it fast and we need to do it fast as well. We, we, don't, we don't have time because there are around 800,000 houses left according to the report of the government. And so for our listeners, in 2015, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake struck Nepal. Over how many houses were destroyed in the earthquake and buildings? Yeah, actually, according to the report, uh, they, uh, completely damaged houses... Uh, there are like uh, 6,22,057 houses completely damaged and partially damaged houses are 2,80,000. So totally you can say it comes to 8,82,257 houses. 800,000 plus houses were destroyed. destroyed and schools including schools including, and buildings? Uh, including schools and buildings in the earthquake. So um, that's a huge relief effort and it's already been two years. What have the relief efforts been like in these past two years? Like I saw when I was traveling like uh, a few days back for a trekking to Gosaikunda. So on the way like there were villagers sitting you know just in front of the shop. So I just uh, happened to uh, connect there you know and I just happened to share because I was just uh, coming going there from Dhading where we were just doing a, an earth bag uh, project so I shared this idea to the people you know so the people were so intrigued uh, they were so fascinated and they were so interested you know about the idea that they were like come on let's build a village you know and he immediately called me. <laughs> and I he, he called me. Like, sir, <laughs> sir, where are you? I said, sir, what are you doing? I said, I'm just uh, here. He said, oh, I've got this uh, news. They are like so motivated. They want to village a whole village. And he was so excited. Yeah, yeah. I was so happy too. Um, so the mud and the sand is quite easily accessible. What about the bags themselves? Yeah, see, you know, uh, the bags, villagers can collect their own bags, rice bags and make a, a, make a earth bag house out of the houses, uh, out of the bags. But that requires some time because, uh, okay, villagers are not in a hurry. So if they have the time, they can collect their own bags and make uh, earth bag houses. But 
uh, it is recommended if polypropylene bags are used, it will have a much uh, longer durability. Mm -hmm. So we have to see uh, both sides. One is uh, villagers making it themselves in a very cheap way by their own, and one is the durability of a strong house and a beautiful house. So now it depends upon what they need. Mm. You know, if they want to make it very cheap, they can use their definitely uh, the training will get the entire concept and they can make it. But if they want durable houses, see why is there this technology? You know why why are there these materials? These materials are there to make uh, things better. Each mm. and every year, new thing comes up, so it's to make uh, what you are doing much better. So we use these polypropylene bags so that uh, houses are more durable. So we recommend to use polypropylene bags. Preferably, we, we should use polypropylene bags. Or else, definitely, the option is they can use villagers has to collect uh, rice bags, which uh, some villagers did recently. And uh, yeah, that is also possible. So uh, basically, if we just carry the, these barbed wires and we have got an army of 10 people, and if we have uh, like someone to ca carry these bags and our tools, we can make uh, an earth bag home. Uh, somewhere on the top of the hills, you know. So it is like that sustainable, you know. We don't need to depend because everything that we need, uh, we can get uh, on the site itself. The o know? only thing you need to carry as for uh, to make it better is the polypropylene bag roll and the barbed wire roll. That is the only thing you need to carry because vertical rebars can be made of wood. Even the concrete rebar, which the bond beam, which we make of cement and gravel and sand, the co concrete. Uh, bond beam also can be made by wood, you know, like wood, wooden big uh, slabs can be cut and it can be made, so that won't be a problem. So only thing is polypropylene bags and barbed wires have to be carried. Mud is, it is already there. Plastering can be done with mud, you know, mud and clay, lime mixture. So it's a good option for villages that are in remote areas. So much easier than carrying concrete and bricks yeah. and things like that. And if you see like these concrete houses and concrete buildings, like all the materials that are used there, they are created in a way that pollutes the environment, you know. Like if we see how a brick is made, you know, uh, it is not that sustainable, you know. But uh, the way we can make this bag is, uh, this home, earth bag home is like totally sustainable. How many homes have you built so far uh, in this project that you're working with? Uh, we have built around four homes. Uh, so... Uh, we are still on the way uh, because uh, like since we lack little bit of funds uh, so if we have like enough funds then uh, we can go uh, on the way like we want you know so that's why we are creating this training center uh, so that uh, people can come to us you know because we can be like a ground like a foundation because right now there are many people who want to support these kind of projects but they don't know where to go so if we have this foundation then it would be easier for people you know to know where to go i suppose the most important thing is teaching the people how to make the earth bags and then everyone can start to participate no, teaching is one part teaching is one part and construction is also one part so we cannot, it's, it's a balanced ratio, you know, like, uh, we cannot say which is more important because teaching and training is very important because students will be taught here, uh, villagers will be taught here and they will go back to the villages and they can create their own projects. Students can develop a team, a project and spread more awareness, pressurize the government. There are huge capabilities in this and uh, even tourists can come here, learn these trainings, you know, and might be they can work with us or they can work themselves. So training is important part, but then again construction is also important, you know. So for construction, 800,000 houses till now around 5% of houses are only made.
according to the survey. So 95% of the houses are still remaining approximately. So which is not a joke. Even we have hundreds of people like us. It won't be possible to complete that in, you know, within a short time. It will take years. So yeah, training at the same time construction should go hand to hand. Like uh, the education facility that we are trying to provide, uh, because we have gone to many schools and we have found that there are like childrens, you know, like class one, two, three, four, uh, because they don't have the right infrastructure, they have to study in the same class, you know. So because of this reason, the what they deserve, they are not getting it fully, you know. Mm -hmm. So basically, like uh, yes, uh, training is also one part, but our uh, mission is also to uplift the education system by providing the facility, you know. Uh, so for uh, that uh, we have this construction project you know we want to uh, help all these schools to have enough basic uh, facilities that the future of the world need what can our listeners do to help the earthquake relief efforts more than two years on after the earthquake is there a website do you have a website or can they find out some more information about the project the most important thing actually is that I would like to invite all the listeners and the friends or whoever they can reach out to to please come here to Nepal, come to Kathmandu, come visit our training center, you know, take training here, be, see what our bag is, feel what our bag is and, if, uh, and we can also arrange village trips for them, we can take them to villages, they can practically see the situation in the village or they can practically see the earthbag work in the village and get trained in that, get acclimatized to the whole situation out here. And, uh, and I think this is uh, one of the most important thing, like people coming in here from your country, uh, learning about this construction and you know, getting to work together with them would be a uh, huge pleasure and something to really, we really look forward to learn from them and give them what we know. And yeah, and there are so many houses to be constructed, so I think Earthbag is the best way to start with. Please support us. Uh, please, uh, because like your support would really inspire us we are on the way uh, our website is under construction but uh, you can connect to us through our email my email is karkipratik18 at gmail.com and uh, Trish yeah, my, my name is Trish Dixit so my email is conscious underscore living underscore mail so it is c-o-n-s-c-i-o-u-s underscore l-i-v-i-n-g underscore m-a-i-l mail at the rate yahoo.com and my facebook id is also conscious living or you can search my facebook profile with the email id as well it's a blue you get a blue photo blue background on that well conscious living really does seem to fit in with the subject right now um, and I think it's really wonderful what you're doing I mean going back to basics using the earth to build these people houses uh, I've been out there and I've seen people still living in makeshift homes and yes it is not a joke there are only five percent of homes have been rebuilt um, money is a huge issue $400 is not enough to build a home. So we really have to sort of work together. And I think giving people a step up, teaching people how to make their homes using earth bags, really trying to move this trend um, and educate others, even like what you're doing, educating the children that 
so potentially they could start when they grow up to continue this movement. Uh, I think it's very admirable. So um, thank you so much for your time. And if anyone wants those email addresses again, they could get in contact with me on my website or um, via email. Is there anything else you'd like to say today? Yeah. First of all, thank you very much for listening to us. And thank you, thank you, uh, thank you very much, Bianca, for taking this interview. It was, uh, it definitely is a very important interview. Thank you for showing your love towards your country, Nepal, which is something we just can't express by words. So, uh, thank you very much and love you all. We love you very, very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks so much.